Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, welcome to Let's Drone Out, episode number something, I'm not keeping track. Slightly down on numbers today, because uh, Jack's not here and everyone else is doing something else, but I'm here, hello, I'm Carrie Kitten, joined today with Stephen over here, sometimes like Burlick or Happy Shiny something, and down at the bottom there we've got the wonderful Sync FPV, welcome. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Thanks guys, good to be here. Good, good to see you. And we were just talking, and I thought we'd get this question out mm. now before I forget about it, because I went back and I watched some of your recent videos. I, I have seen some of your videos before, of course, cool. and I watched some of the, the best of stuff. And what nice. instantly struck me was how high risk everything was. Not just that, but how come Sync manages to find all these bandos and the rest of us are just looking like if we could just find a field, <laughs> we'd be happy. So uh, I, I know you can't be pulling those moves off every single time because they're just insane. No. There's loads of tiny gaps. There's uh, matty flips, <laughs> real extended ones where you're like going backwards forever and then you just emerge out a, a tiny door and stuff. You're flying past a steel girder like two inches away from it. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, it, it makes me kind of shiver because I always worry about, oh, what happens <laughs> if I crash here? Because in some of the, your cases, you do like... I just have to climb a 400-foot tower and right. get my quad back and it'll be fine. How do you put that sort of stuff out of your mind and say, don't worry, if we smash it up, we'll just build another one or, or, or whatever? What, <laughs> what goes through your head? You know, th this is a good question, but like, I think it's... I, I do still have like risk assessment in my head. There is still a thing that's saying, like, oh, if I go down here, I'm not getting it back. And that's... Most of the time, most of the gaps that you see, yeah, it's a really small gap. And if I crash into the the side or whatever, if I miss the hole, it's going to break a lot of stuff. But I'm going to get something back. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a pile of pieces on the floor. I really I hate flying over water because if you go down in water, you know, like there's no getting that back. Mm -hmm. Or if you're flying over a roof or something where like there's no real way to get up there, those things still sketch me out a lot. But just trying to fly through a small hole or a circle or something isn't. I don't know. It's risky in terms of the impact, but there is always still going to be a way that you will at least recover a, a big pile of parts or a load of broken stuff. But yeah, obviously, uh, no, they're not first time. A lot of them are, you know, there, there is a couple of tricks in there that I've, uh, I'm trying to think like there's, there's, there's one I did like a couple of years ago where I did a, a reverse dive in a, in a house. So I went down a skylight and then came out the front door down a couple of stories and I was I was sitting there for probably four or five packs at the end of the day trying to get this one trick. And every time I I crashed, I probably damaged an antenna or, you know, like I, I would have to go and get it from inside the house. And I finally got it. And I was like, yes, I did it. It's cool. And I got home and the, 
the GoPro had done this freeze frame thing. So I didn't oh. have the footage of it. So I was like, no, this sucks. I spent like so much, so many parts and so much time doing this. And so the next day I just went back there and just did that trick over and over again until I got it again and then went home. And it was like, <laughs> I just literally went just to, just to sort of like, because I felt like the house had beaten me. And I was like, I have to go and just sort of prove that I can do this. And yeah, it was probably... 20, 30 attempts, you know, it was, what, it was kind of What do of you ridiculous. think drives you to put that much time and energy into, you know, that maybe what might be a, might not even be five seconds of footage for some yeah, spectacular yeah. trick at 60 mile an hour? That's a good question. I, I think it's just like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm thinking back to like the skating days where you would see like a uh, skateboarder or something would have a set of stairs that they want to trick down. There's, there's actually a documentary there's like an hour long about a guy trying to jump down one set of stairs mm. and he takes two years or I think it's like between a year and two years, keeps returning to the same spot. Sometimes he gets kicked off. Sometimes he, and he's just probably hundreds and hundreds of attempts. And you're right. The, the actual end goal is 10 seconds, right? Because like that trick only took 10 seconds, but it's, I don't know. It's like, it's just kind were of you like a skater you before you were into FPV. Yeah, I was, and I think I think right. quite a lot of people are right. It does seem that there's quite a big crossover. I, 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 I guess that's how that mentality arrives. That compulsion, yeah, like so. I've got to do this one thing that's yeah. really hard, and no one <laughs> else has ever done. It's self-set challenges, isn't it? It's like you yeah. you kind of like you just go, I can do this, or if you think something's possible, you you'll sit there and prove it, or or not, <laughs> as the case is sometimes. It also strikes me that you probably think of a location in a completely different way to me because when i see these is it the right thing is, is it called a matty flip still when you basically do the, the sort of the backwards loop out are we still calling them that yeah i think matty so. flip is like over something and then nose down and like a backwards parallel. Right, basically the, the the backwards flight stuff when when yeah. i'm seeing it and it's on a huge distance i'm thinking this guy must be taking such notice of like marks in the ground to know exactly how he's lining himself up because it's not always like you wouldn't just go through the door it's like uh, if, as long as i'm in a straight line i'll be fine you must be using like references on the ground and stuff to make sure you're good because the amount of times you're hitting these dead on is is quite scary is it does do you sort uh, of have this visual mind map and it, your spatial awareness you know work in yeah. a different way it's a good it's a good point because i don't think you do it consciously but when i look back at the footage there's some there's some like where I'm coming out of a door or something and I can see myself like leaning mm. to the right or left because I was going to miss and I'm sort of like self-correcting at the, at the when I'm on the flat bit. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. I must have known that I was going to hit the door frame, but there wasn't, I think it's just feel, man. You just like, <laughs> you just sort of like, you know, the quads sort of like moved a bit to the left. And as long as you were lined up in the beginning, you kind of like, you're remembering, you're like, oh, the angle of the horizon wasn't quite right. As I went over, that means I'm going to be going a bit to the left better roll right a little bit to compensate so it's not just the camera it's like proprioception like you're aware of what's around the quad you're not just looking through the lens yeah i think i guess i mean a lot of the time there's a bit of luck as well i mean let's not kid ourselves <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just get lucky and practice and you're just like, huh. practice should not be uh, ignored sure 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 yeah but yeah people say like people say i'm really lucky but then when you keep doing it they're like okay well it there must be something else here as well because you can't be you can't be lucky that many times. It's like yeah, I guess, but I think you know yeah, practice and that sort of like just feeling the quad and knowing when it's like moved a bit to the left, you can kind of just 
you just feel it in the sticks, man. You know, when you <laughs> were learning like this stuff, decade. like how many motors were you getting through in a month? Oh or man, let's not go there. Yeah, it's motors, a sizable number. Crazy, yeah. Because obviously, I think in the early days, I didn't used to run like little TPU arm guards. Don't know if you guys use any mm. kind of motor protection, but uh, yeah, it, I could I would go through between four and eight, like in one flight session. In so, one flight session, yeah, wow. that's that's epic. <laughs> so that so the, so I I used the very cheapest motors I could, uh, like the Velos, uh, the Velox T motor ones were about nine nine quid a motor or something. So I went with them for quite a while, and uh, yeah, they uh, they they were probably the biggest casualties I think because frames frames you don't really break that much, right? You know, you get you you might break an arm here or there, but the the sort of middle of the frame doesn't doesn't seem to get broken that much. It's always the motors and the uh, and the GoPros for me. You don't ever do a complete squish then, where like the frame standoffs go sideways, <laughs> and the, the top plates over here and the bottom plates over there. Just go, <laughs> have you done that? Squishes. That sounds. I've yeah, yeah. It. I have seen twice. it happen actually. Yeah, I have seen it happen. But it's usually the lighter weight frames, not proper freestyle. Yeah, frames. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you guys both freestyle, or do you, do either of you race or anything? Not race. Mainly, I just swung around. I wouldn't the park even and, uh, say I, I yeah. class myself as freestyle. Flying around is that? Is that freestyle? Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, I'm a freestyler. Nice one, man. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did a race once. How did you so, do? Yeah. Um, I I won some heats, but oh, nice. I was good job. The, the the good thing about it is I was like I'd never done a race before. It was one of the Team Woolly Sheep events, who are a very nice bunch of people, and cool. they kind of rank people into groups, so you'd never go against insanely experienced people it'd be like oh right we're putting you with like you know there's small children and um people who've never flown before and it's like yeah one yeah, nice. beat them <laughs> you beat a load of kids <laughs> yeah good job man <laughs> still going to school sports day curry yep <laughs> <laughs> oh no nice, nice. so uh, how how are the how are the gopro damage you, you mentioned are you just smashing the lenses or is it whole gopros you're taking out sometimes uh, yeah, sometimes it's whole ones. I mean, I, I would I would use like the lens thing on the on the Hero Seven, and then a tempered glass filter, and then an ND filter as well to kind of like just try and give it a fighting chance. And uh, that seems to help a little bit. You know, you you, you go th- go through ND filters uh, like ten a penny, but so it's not it's really a, than the just an ND breaking. filter for you. It's more like bulletproofing. It's protection, absolutely, yeah. I think I, I had like a bunch of ND2s. I think it was the lowest one you can get. Mm. And they do basically nothing to the image. But yeah, it's just it's just to make, to give your like lens a bit more of a chance. But yeah. damaging, like breaking a whole GoPro does happen quite often. But there's that GoPro Plus thing, if you guys know about that. That's like 50 quid a year or something. I think it's 60 quid a year, something like that. And then they, you can get GoPros replaced from GoPro. Um, you're supposed to only get two a year. And you're supposed to pay a premium for them. But when they rolled this thing out, I don't think this is going to be like, oh, you know, life hack now, because I think they fixed it. But when they rolled it out about two, two and a half years ago, they couldn't take payment. Their payment provider was broken. So they couldn't take payment from the UK. So you would, you would go to them, oh, I really want to get this GoPro replaced, please, with my GoPro Plus subscription. And they would say, oh, the payment thing's not working. So for this time only... We'll give it you free as a warranty replacement. <laughs> and I got, I think I got 10 in one year. 10 <laughs> this time only deals. Ten. Yeah, because you just go on the, on the live chat and it would be like a different person each time. So they obviously don't keep a record of how many one time only warranty replacements you've had. 
And yeah, and that that definitely it gives you a lot more confidence when you know that GoPro will just send you another so one. These days, everyone in your house has a GoPro cover plan in their name. Then they're, they're yeah, all out I, there breaking GoPros. I just think it's done on email, so you can just you can just sign up again and again with as many emails as you want. I don't think it's even done on address or name. So. Yeah, I do know people with more than one GoPro Plus account. Well, GoPro true. do pretty well out the whole deal, I think. The actual bill of materials of those cameras isn't extraordinarily high. Yeah, I, I do wonder, like, if uh, if you worked or knew someone that worked at GoPro, I would be interested to know what their cost price is for one of the one of their cameras. You think it's pretty low? I think it's yeah, it's got to be pretty low. If you consider that people can make a profit on a mobile phone that costs less than a GoPro. I don't think the mm. sensor and electronics are spectacularly more That's a very good point. than a mobile phone. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. That's very true. Now, I think you had a discussion about this on one of your videos that I didn't get around to watching, but what uh, about stabilisation? Do you like hypersmooth, <laughs> gyroflow, just leave it as it is, or anything else? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a hot topic. I don't know. I think a lot, a lot of people have very strong opinions on whether it's a good or bad thing in in freestyle. I think everyone is in agreement that for uh, like commercial work, it's it's totally fine to use real steady or anything like that. You get the makes the footage look very magical when you're chasing or doing any kind of subject work. Yep, real steady or gyro flow. I haven't actually played with gyro flow yet. I would like to. I downloaded it and the interface was like, holy cow, there's a lot of buttons and yeah. a lot of a lot of things to play with. It looks awesome, don't get me wrong. Uh, but for freestyle, yeah, Hypersmooth is fine. I like it. I've been using it for ages. Uh, but I've actually started to not because after having this conversation and hearing a lot of people's opinions on why it isn't good or is good, uh, there was a lot of a lot of good points about why it's it's a good thing to not use it as well. It's not saying that if you use it, it's bad. I don't think that. I think the footage looks great. But there is a quality to like the raw footage that it actually makes things look even more scary. And it look, makes it look... You're along like for the even, ride more, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's quite a compelling th- reason to, to try it out. So next few videos going to be going to be raw. Watching out for it. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I think that's why analog DVR is sometimes quite interesting to watch because if mm. you can see that for all the static as well that's going on, then yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. But you're yeah, flying I'm DJI a- now, aren't you? I am, yeah, but I do remember back in the day, people would put the little DVR camera in the corner, right? Because it was just like, yeah, this is what this is the cool view, but look at what I'm looking at. Look at what I'm having to deal with. It was kind of like a point of mm. flying through static and stuff. It's like, look, I, I, this is this is how hard it really is. And I think HyperSmooth takes away some of that even more because, yeah, it can make the hard stuff look easier, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, because I'm reviewing stuff, I'm mostly just showing DVR stuff to people. Because yeah, it's like, well, this is what you can see as opposed to like, this is what you, this is what the perfect view would be for a GoPro right. stabilised, which is not, which is not what you're going to get for your goggles. Sure, but um, sure, I was, sure. was going to say, so, so what are you flying now in terms of frames and, and motors and, and stuff? Yeah, uh, sure. Good question. I actually have, I have one right here. Uh, that's handy. I, I didn't. I didn't plan that. I've just. Uh, I'm working on them. So this possibly is, uh, the most color coordinated build we've had on the show. Oh yeah, always, always, mate. I think it matches my logo colors. Uh, yeah. This is a. What is it called? A Superfly 
flip mode. They've got two. They've got the juice mode and they've got the flip mode. Uh, the difference is the flip mode has like a camera cage thing on the front, but the juice mode is a classic sort of coffin style frame. But I, I really like the cage. It reminds me of the old sort of chameleons and, mm. the, uh, and the roosters. Is that carbon or is that... It is carbon, aluminium? yeah. Right. I can sort of hold it up a bit closer. Yeah. yeah, so this is... It's carbon then with a bit of a TPU bumper on it. Uh, it's a Cadex Vista. I think that's the best thing going, really. Um, Fettec stack, so 45 amp ESC and the G4 flight controller. And T-Motor F60 Pro 4 is still on the classics. I don't know. They're, they're just they're just really good. I was using the Velux for ages. I'm breaking, like I said, four to eight every time. And then I asked T-Motor and they were like, maybe the F60s will suit you better. And I tried them and I... Okay, they're, hard, they're harder to break. I'm guessing it's 6S. Yeah, 6S, so 1750, so the lowest one that they do. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. And this How is do a you colour the sides of the frame? Point. Maybe I'm a noob, but I've never done this one of mine. I use these... Let me show you. It's not very, it's not very, uh, not very technical. Is it just a Sharpie? It's is just it a Sharpie, Sharpie? Yes. It's an oil-based Sharpie. So they, they do these ah, sort of like right. art pen markers. Um, but you can't get them in the UK. So I, I think oh, there's a dude way. in... There's a dude... There's like a wholesaler in Ireland that, uh, that sells them on eBay for like three quid. So I just get them from there. Oh, okay. They're not too dedicated. I thought you were going to say, and I import them from Japan. <laughs> I have 400, yeah, from the US. No, but yeah, you have to get the oil ones. Like the normal Sharpies don't, uh, they're not thick Yeah, enough. I was thinking, how does the colour stand out? Because it would yeah, it's just good, focus man. the carbon. It's cool. It's a nice touch. Yeah. And then um, you go and smash them to pieces. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's a given there, right? But yeah, I'm the Superfly is, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're the UK guys. Uh is that a five-inch frame or five point five or? It's five, yeah. It can take five point one props max, but not five point five. What's the GoPro that you're hauling on it? Just trying to figure what it sort of yeah, weight we're looking this, at. This is an eight, but I okay. usually I haven't actually flown with the eight yet. I've only just printed this mount, which is why it's nice and clean. But usually I was on the seven, and the all-up weight with everything. I use the twelve hundred milliamp uh, Speedy Pizza China Hobby Line batteries. Mm. And it's about seven three five seven three nine. I was flying without a GoPro, and I I got the Hero Eight. And thought oh, I'll just put this on a five inch, and oh my word, it's heavy, made, right? Made a yeah, massive difference. Yeah. yeah, it really slows it down. So then <laughs> I, I built a seven inch and just smashed it to pieces. But it'll be in the air again soon. Nice. Oh, I didn't mention the props, pink props that are mm-hmm. uh, Gem Fan fifty one forty three 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 three. So they're they're um, hurricane ones. They're and really nice. On, so yeah. I was watching your podcast or listening to it rather because I was, I was down cool. at the gym. Uh, I heard nice. you're actually sponsored for your massive, massive number of props. I mean, if you're going through motors mm. in that number, I'm guessing through your, you're going through props in 10 times the number of motors. Yes, you're correct. Even more so now, I think, now that I've got these TPU arm guards, the motors don't break that often. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Gemfan, really cool. They, they approached me. They just said, we want to sponsor you. We're building up a team, blah, 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 because they were primarily uh, racing before and they were, had a bunch of really good freestyle props, but they didn't really sponsor that many freestyle pilots. So they're trying to build a team. And the other guy that did the podcast with Mike, he's the sort of the rep, the international rep for Gem fans. So he's, he's the one building this team of pilots and doing lots of promotion and stuff. 
and sending me lots of props. So we like him. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping you in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. He's cool. So, so, so how many pallets of props do they have to send out every month to keep you? I'm imagining like a bin bag. Okay. It's, it's at least a, a sizable box full of bags, <laughs> full of thousands of props, surely. It is, it's, quite a, it's quite a delivery. They do them, I, I mean, I don't know how much I can say, but they... It's just annual or they back a truck up they to do. the house. The, it is annual, yeah, I was going to say. They give you a, they give <laughs> oh. you a year's supply in one go because it's better than shipping out individual things every month, right? Because they come from China. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a box. It's a box and a half. And yeah, you kind of like, don't need to worry about props anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just, just put them under the desk and then like, yeah, you've always got enough. But yeah, they're good. They're good guys, man. That's cool. We did have a question here, which I didn't get. It was from Failsafe FPP. It says, Sync, oh, cool. you running the alpha firmware on the G4? Hey, Failsafe. I was. Uh, I tried it. I tried a few versions of it. And then I updated to the most recent and it told me my flight controller wasn't activated so there was like an activation thing that i think was supposed to trigger and so i rolled back to kiss i did enjoy it though i thought it was pretty cool so fettech have like they've started to build their own firmware that's separate to kiss because at the moment fettech runs the kiss firmware on all their flight controllers they have different esc protocol different esc firmware um so they're now building an FC firmware that is their own brand as well. Because uh, you know the guy who runs Fettec, well, one of the one of the three was the original creator of Kiss. That's Felix Nielsen. I think his name is Nielsen. Felix mm-hmm. Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah. So he he was the original creator of Kiss. He's spawned his own company. I'm sounding like a shield now, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's what you use. It's what you use. I'm sure you've got a good reason for it. Yeah, I love it. I think, uh, what do you guys play? Do you all, well, obviously a I'm, bit of everything I'm if you're reviewing things. through and through. Curry, uh, I think it's got so pretty much everything since multi-Wii. I've, I've never okay. had a KISS flight controller, weirdly. I've had KISS ESCs and every other flight controller you can think of, but I've never had a KISS flight controller. No way. I've, I, yes way. Um, I think <laughs> at the beginning... It was because it's like, what do you mean it doesn't have an OSD? I need to see like oh, the battery yeah, voltage yeah. in that. And then they're like, oh, you just need to add another board. And it's like, that seems like the olden days. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. But everybody who uses it uh, certainly goes on and on about how well they fly <laughs> and the fact that you don't have to spend eight years trying to understand what all these filters mean in beta flight. That's true. And I, I'm all for the, the idea of KISS being keep it simple, stupid. Because I, I, I've been moaning for ages that, that beta flight is just so complicated. You just need mm. a couple of sliders that say faster spinny, slower spinny, and the rest of it, you know. <laughs> in in terms of PIDs, it's I suppose you want it loose or, or more locked, and that's about it, really. The rest of it should just yeah. work, as far as I'm concerned. So you're not one of these people that enjoys the tuning process? Because I do Hate know it. people that really... They love it, right? Like they, I don't go as far yeah, yeah. as black box, but I d- certainly so don't begrudge okay. having to put a couple of packs through something to tune it after I build yeah. it. You know, my, go my thing is that black it's box, so hard to get the time to go and fly with the weather and locations that I don't want to be faffing around like, oh, well, let me just turn this up a bit. I just want to have to fly around and have a bit of fun yeah, yeah. rather than messing around and around. I, I find now I've got the phone app, now I've got beta flight configurator on, on my android phone uh-huh. it's just way easier i can just have the android phone with an otg cable and like oh plinkety plonk yeah 
bit more pads, bit more pads, bit more filters. Oh, no, 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 filter back the other way. It's going crazy. Um, and then just sort of get it to the point where it's responding in a way I'm comfortable with. You know, there's no bounce backs and decent mm. amount of prop wash handling. And then that's good. I'm not going to put hours into it, but I don't mind like learning about how the flight controller works. I find that a little bit fascinating, how the flight controller works. And yeah. then I find once I've heard someone talk about that or I've gone through and read some of the PRs, it all just kind of comes into focus. And then I'm like, oh, right, I just move that. So, oh, it flies nicely, done. How long, how long have you guys been flying? 10 years this year. 10 years, and, you, and you've never tried a KISS flight control. So you've used everything <laughs> except KISS. Kind of yeah, feel like there's a... Not on purpose. Are you it, sure? it was always, <laughs> KISS was always more expensive to get. And it's like, oh, I got all these, you know, I got all these beta flight flight, flight controls. Yeah. I'm just going to carry. Yeah. Not, it, it's not um, consciously. It's it's right. been kind of like because uh, I I did a lot of reviews. It's been like a review quad has arrived. It has a beta flight flight mm. control in it. We know yeah, what we're yeah, doing yeah. with that. Let's take it and fly. And um, so when I when I buy stuff, which is seemingly quite rare, it's it's going to be like oh, I need to run this on this quad. So it's going to be like eight something I can run either beta flight on or INAV on, and I never thought about anything else. Right. Yeah. I should. I should really try one. I'd be interested. Like, yeah. See what you think, because you've obviously had so much experience with Beta Flight, and it would be, it'd be cool to see what you what you think. Yeah. So much experience sounds like I know what I'm doing. Really, <laughs> if I get it out of the box and it flies reasonably, I'm like, that's good enough for me. I'm not touching anymore. There, there have been quads that have come, and they've been expertly tuned, like the uh, nice. the old Immersion RC stuff, like the uh, the Vortex. Um, I had the Vortex Mojo. And that had uh, like a tune from they they sent them out to various people like Final Glide Oz and he put his mm. tune on it and I have to say that like oh wow this really does fly even better than than the norm those little incremental pieces do kind of make it worth the effort if you can be bothered to go back and sort of reiterate and, mm. and do that thing and if I just was just going out and flying one quad and repeating that I'm sure I'd be you know going back and tuning but it's kind of like, yeah. What am I taking out today? Weird stuff, hooking up to other weird things to to film weird stuff for. Yeah. Usually, so I was right, getting, I was learning sorry. how to build, and so I just wanted to get more for my money. I started about Beta Flight three point two, and I was like, oh right. well, I've got to learn this, and I just learned it. It was you know it's a couple of evenings and and done. But I am a little bit tempted, especially now I've heard uh, some people out there are testing the new HV set from Fetech, which sounds interesting. Ooh. Uh, there are there are some people who are building 10s mini quads. Yeah, I haven't put it in a quad yet, but 10s five inch sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say something. It's gonna sound like a sales pitch, and that's because it kind of is a bit. <laughs> but uh, if you don't like tuning, um, Superfly Steve, the guy that sells these frames, he he provides like tunes for them. He's actually one of the one of the guys that's done a lot of the preset tunes for 4.3. <laughs> But he has, when you buy the frame, you get a password to his website that's got tuned specifically for this frame with your FC and Moto KV combination. So if you don't like tuning, maybe try one. Maybe pick one up. Give it, and there's a, there's a link from there it is on Richard the Warwick as well. Yeah. Lovely. And uh, yeah, that's kind of nice because then it does take the guesswork out of tuning for this specific frame. Because, you know, he's done all of the black box and resonance tests and all that stuff. Ahead of ahead of time, 
we've got a question here from Sonic Tonic saying, will we see the sync merch? Sync Does this merch, mean it's already yeah. there and you're about to break it out? Or Did you do no. your own logo? <laughs> Are you going to go a whole, do a whole line of all that? <laughs> I did do all my own branding, yes, but not, uh, not really bothered with merch, to be honest. I think if you, if you think mean merch, as in like hats and hoodies and stuff like that, I'm not sure, right? Like, who would really buy that? I mean, but I guess if people want it, like, sure. But there hasn't been an overwhelming demand for my name on a, on any item of clothing yet. Um, I did do some stickers back in the day. I think every everyone starts out with stickers, right? That's kind of like, yeah. that's a cool thing. But yeah, apart from that, um, watch this space for kind of quad-related things that aren't necessarily mm. clothes. I can't say too much, but... Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, on the uh, the HV thing, did we finish that? Are you planning to put it in a quad or are you just kind oh, of yeah. sticking your chin on that one? No, I am. Um, I've got these, uh, the batteries I'm going to use. It's kind of, this is, it's almost like we planned this. Everything's just on my desk that you want to talk about. This is kind mm-hmm. of weird. So these are 720 milliamp uh, GMB batteries. So there's a 6 and a 4S, one of those. Um the equivalent sort of what hours or whatever, however you divide it, this will give you the same amount of juice as a 1200 milliamp success, cool. like the same amount of power. Mm-hmm. And it's 30 grams heavier, uh, lighter in this nice. configuration. So that's Have kind of highly rated ones. Those are a funny color. There's a red. What is that? Red. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it means anything. They just, <laughs> they just GMB do colors. this, don't they? All these different colors of lipos. I've never yeah. quite got the decoder ring for I, those. I think it's like the milliamp hours. So the, the 600-ish ones are, are yellow, the 700-ish ones oh, are Oh, no, red. there's yellows in 380s and 660s oh, and okay, 900s yeah. and 1350s. It's just I think something they just like pick... generation or range or something, I don't know. Right, okay. Well, these are HP ones, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the ESC in the box is rated to go up to 12S, I think. It's still 45 amp, but like... So you could put two of the 6S ones on it. and uh, That's going to be the really second fun. flight then. Like, yeah. after you've ripped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you know what? I'm really curious. The only problem mm-hmm. is, I mean, mounting these is going to be fun because obviously one is thinner than the other one. So I'm probably going to build like a little, just a 3 I had that on my 8S 7-inch though. I Like I had a 6S and oh, yeah? a 2S on top and put two straps around them and it stayed put. Just squish it's it down, right. yeah? Front strap right. and a back strap and it's okay. You, you don't okay, want one on. strap because then they'll like, you know, skew. No, of course, slide yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to replace the motors. So it comes with 1100 kV motors. I think they're 1100, mm. 2207s. So it's literally just a, a drop-in replacement for nice. whatever uh, I have on a five inch already. So it's impressive. Yeah, I'm really excited. Back. But the weather yeah. is sh- right now. It keeps raining. Yeah. So yeah, I wish it would just brighten up a bit. I can go out again. We get that. I literally had my backpack today to go out because the weather forecast mm. was okay, and then it decided to rain. Yeah, so, fingers crossed for tomorrow. It's it's like that sort of like transition season, isn't it? They're always a bit a bit wet. Yeah, yeah oh, it just happens a lot. Bloody cold, and I've got the special fingerless gloves. I've got, got little fold-off fingers so I can go out and fly. Yeah, and dude, those are great. Then, like, I went flying on the weekend and I couldn't feel my toes after a couple of packs. Like, <laughs> never mind, my, never mind my fingers. My toes with two pairs of socks. And this is this is so a good cold. segue actually because I I have circulation issues, so I have to stay warm, and I have some little 
I've got some tricks, man. Uh, I have, I have heated electric socks, so there's lipos in socks. Heated I electric have, socks? Yeah, man. Link in, link in the chat. Link in the description. <laughs> no, there's, they're two, they're two S. Each sock is two S. It's two S lipo in each sock. I and called like, six S, but I'm four S. <laughs> got four S in my feet, and then I've got heated insoles as well. So the insoles on not the, only the, the socks, but the insoles too. Yeah, man. Because the yeah. socks heat the top of your foot and the insoles. You ever smell something that sounds, it's like ham cooking, just kind of wafting <laughs> up. <laughs> now, the insoles are really cool because they're not like super hot. So they're, because they're, the battery is actually in the insole. So you can imagine they're not like the it most powerful like of things. Magic. I think I need to research all of this before. Uh, I before like I the idea further. of this because it, it's always your extremities, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, as soon as yeah. they go cold, the rest of you like can't take it anymore. And you might think I will stamp yeah. your feet, but you try and do that while you're doing acro and you're just going to fall over. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the main problem is that this hobby requires you to stand incredibly still, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you basically you're concentrating so much, you don't move. And even your hands, you're trying to move them as small as possible, right? So you're basically going out of your way to keep still and say so, like it, the cold is even worse. Right. Have these hand warmers as well, like electric hand warmers. Basically, yeah, I've got like 12S batteries just on my person. No, I'm with you. Warm. I think I've got kind of yeah. crappy circulation as well. Like I get numb toes really easily. So yeah, yeah, these are yeah. excellent tips. I will follow up on that. Go for it, man. Yeah, I must have spent probably 200 quid on heated things. Is it all skiing gear <laughs> or how do you find all this stuff? Yeah, it's basically for uh, yeah for people that live in, in the snow and I'm just there out and it's like slightly cold and I'm in a, I don't know. <laughs> like an autumn day. Just in a field, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just there, like, in, I've got like a ski jacket and I was, uh, snowboarding boots. I'm always like, I just, dude, I, I just can't handle the cold. My body just shuts down. So got to be done. Valuable tips. I'm sure people will find that useful. <laughs> I hope so. Cool. Or just laugh at me so, in my in my al- alpine ski wear when they see me styling it. <laughs> but, okay. I always have to ask a question. Being in in both camps of flying like quads and fixed wing, have you done any fixed wing flying, or is no. that something you want to do? Dude, you know, I I I never tried it. I've never like, um, never even been out with someone that's had one on them, and I've gone and they've gone. Oh, do you want to have a go while it's in the air, sort of thing. I think I just, I haven't met anyone that's been into it yet. And I think if I did, actually, you know what? I did meet one guy at a, a random hill in uh, just up north, Clee Hill. Have you heard of Clee Hill? It's like a place in the, in the middle of the country that's really, really nice for flying uh, fixed wings and stuff. And he had the most beautiful fixed wing I've ever seen. It was all custom built. It was like orange and black. It looked incredible. And he just like, it, it took off. And he and he was flying. It looked so cool. And he just went straight into the side of a mountain. And he was like, <laughs> and he hadn't put his uh, crossfire antenna on his radio, so it just fail safe when it got about eighty meters away. He tried to turn around because the fail safe kicked in and just went straight into the mountain. And the thing just like, oh, it was it was really tragic to see because it was an absolutely beautiful machine. And had it lasted more than the twenty five seconds of flight time, I w- I would have loved to have had a go, uh, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's never it's never been a thing that I've strived to build them and stuff. I think they, they do take up a lot of space, it seems. Like when you've got a whole fleet of those things, it feels like they would uh, require a bit of real estate. Uh, but yeah, you need a lot of space. You need a lot more space to fly them as well, right? Like you more can't space just, to fly them. You can't just take them yeah, to the bando and like, exactly, yeah. launch here. But like long range, like, scares the shit. 
out at me as well. Like, <laughs> the further away I get from myself, the, 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 the sort of like the concept of having to walk that far to go and get it is quite terrifying. So, yeah, I, <laughs> maybe it's not for me, but <laughs> I'd like to try it. But I'm saying I'm, I'm like that lazy that I just I'd I, probably I be think like, everybody oh, should try it away. because when I see quad pilots fly wing, they fly them completely different to your average fixed wing. Try pilot. and stop all really the time, wing which is a problem. Would be like let's launch, we we'll go up to 100 meters, nice and safe, and we can do the circuits. Whereas all yeah. quad pilots were like, well, we want it like six inches off the floor, and they yeah, fly exactly. exactly like a quad, just as <laughs> it about, which is brilliant because if you get the right sort of wing and it, you know, it's it's probably laminated and something you flow that into the grass it's just going to sort of spin over and and pretty okay. much survive but uh, yeah when you've got sort of expensive uh sort of balsa type things they just turn mm. into matches and right yeah yeah explosion. that's not so good yeah i guess like this the 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 capacity for tricks and flying like kind of like through gaps and close to the ground and stuff is it is it a, it must be a lot less forgiving than a quad row because you basically you've got to be going over a certain speed or it'll fall out the air you kind of like any kind of difference in air pressure and stuff could hypersmooth you handle about. on a wing because most wings move about quite a lot compared to a quad yeah i, I don't i don't know i i've seen people fly with like uh, the old-fashioned gimbals back in the day and oh, you yeah? can see the, the the model moving around like this, but I just think it's a it's a very different feeling because you know how a quad is like it's got the aerodynamics of just a brick and it just pushes through mm. the air and it doesn't have a problem. So when yeah. you're coming down low in a wing, you've got basically this turbulence from the air on the bottom and you're bumping around and you've the the when you shoot a, a gap under a tree on on a quad, it's 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 non-existent. It's just like I'm just flying low. When you do that on mm. a wing, it you get that. It's a bit more adrenaline because you're literally buffeting around trying to think, can this handle it? Am I going to hit the floor? Am I going to get through? That's the fun thing, right? Yeah. It's more scary. And the other fun thing about flying fixed wing is getting a couple of friends up and flying formation, which I generally find is easier than quads because quads are kind of a little bit teeny and they can be quite hard to follow. And uh, if if you've ever done it and your friend in the field saying, I'm by the tree, and you're like, which tree? (laughs) <laughs> and then it's you just like going around trying to find each other all day. But yeah, if if you get the chance, definitely check it out because I think everybody should should okay. give both camps a go because there's there's nice. stuff the INAV, the INAV radar really caught my eye. I'd like to find an excuse to try that. The one where it shows you where other pilots are on the OSD. I haven't like seen it that puts yet. a little marker and an arrow. Oh, to, not That's just a home cool. arrow, but an arrow to the other pilots. It's nice. like an extra how, board. How are they, with a how are they communicating through the different the 433 three megahertz system that you like. Ah, okay. It's That's just another cool. radio. That's cool. Yeah. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears. All thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Is there any sort of recommendation for like, if somebody's never done it before, what's the best wing to start? Like some are obviously easier to fly than others, right? Uh, don't ask they me. Might, I, I don't know. If, wings. <laughs> in, in terms of like easy things to fly, it, it it's probably a model like that one, which has, has got a, a dihedral 
So when you launch them, they want they want to stay upright. But that's okay. your very sort of traditional. It's got a tail. It's got a rudder. Wait, wait. Let's like just rewind wing. that. What, what was the yeah. dihedral again? Is that a curly up bit at the ends? Yeah, the dihedral is the curly up thing. So if oh, you right. let go of the sticks, naturally it will just sort of come level. Whereas a wing, mm, I guess. you let go of the sticks, naturally it wants to kill itself and, <laughs> and go into the floor at all that times. Which is, which is, yeah. I mean, yeah. wings are quite, they're in, they're more interesting to launch for sure. I've seen so many, both launch failures and different ways of launching. Because I'm short-sighted, I have to uh-huh. launch with my goggles on. So I'm completely blind, one, uh, <laughs> my mouth on the stick so I've got my my thumb on the aileron elevator, and I'm launching blind, and then I'm trying to sort of recover it, trying to find horizon before it falls back out of the sky again. So that's <laughs> that's fun. Cheers, Richard, for the recommendation of the zo- the zode or zod. How do you say that word? So yeah, zode make a, a bunch of uh, pretty nice little wings, which are fairly easy to fly and fairly forgiving All as right, well. Cool. Nice. I'm sure Jack would recommend anything so long as it was covered with a good amount of tape as well. Yeah. Like, there's there's loads of flight test models or? that you can build with a bit of um, foam board. I see. All right. No promises, but I wouldn't mind giving it a go at some point. It's all about just like trying new that. things, right? I think so. Uh, new yeah. experiences. There's a, quite a few other projects piled up that I have just not got around to so yeah I'll just i've, I've to been list. promising to make a wing for ages and i keep building quads because i just quite enjoy building quads but i've, I've yeah it's sitting down there i'm still making no moves it's getting really you specifically you said you're going to build a wing from a quad yeah oh. i've got to decide which one to sacrifice well the idea was that i was going to build a quad that would be able to glide by virtue of being pretty much kind of glued onto a wing a wing i see so I've got I a glider. Thinking, I was kind of thinking the other way around, a quad that you use purely to launch a wing. I thought that could be cool. I so want I to be able you, to retrieve you, the wing afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought if they were attached, that would be easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how, how it would work, really. And I've got a couple of frames. I've got quite a few frames now, and I'm probably going to have a... I've got a spare AIO as well, I think. So. Do you actually I'm enjoy building quads you just said you enjoy quite enjoy building quads do you really enjoy it or do you like just enjoy the i don't enjoy just results? building it's the experimenting like i've got kind of oh, one okay. of every different size and shape and i just like oh i wonder how this would fly and i like put together an ultralight four inch and then like, oh, i wonder how this would fly and i make like a 5s four inch that's a bit heavier cool. and just kind of monkey around and try the different combinations because you know there it's weird, isn't it? There's a, there's a, there is a critical difference between building a quad and repairing a quad. It's like mm. when, when you build one, it's like every, all the parts are all new and they're all in their boxes and you can lay it all out, like all the parts are fresh. And that feels really good. And that's really fun to do like a complete fresh build. If you're repairing something, yeah. you're having to like go through your kind of... you brush the mud quad. off and like, yeah, why have exactly. I got noise on my VTX again? That, it looks the same as it did last time, but now it's got lines all over it. So yeah, I really yeah. enjoy building, but I hate repairing. I think that's yeah. probably the best analogy I can think of. Now oh, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. Yeah. It's actually it's, it's a lot easier now. I've gone to DJI because the camera either works or doesn't work. 
that the video mm. system was one of my pet peeves of analog. And I typically only get really great video on the lower power models where ESC interference was a non-issue. Like 2S and 3S models were quite easy to get clean video, but you go up to higher power models, yeah. there was always a bit of bit of noise getting through there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't quite get to 6S on analog, which is probably a blessing. But yeah, I suppose just what's the best way to get rid of that? Just get get the wires away from the ESC, yeah. right? I think that's Yeah, you've pretty much got to run the video wire separate to everything else and keep it yeah. as short as possible. Don't like coil up the video wire on top of everything else, you know, trim the wire to length and run the video wire as far away from the high voltage stuff as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found some some branded VTXs just worked so much better than others, like oh, Rush yeah. FPV is always the one I came back well. to. That was always so, so clean. Does didn't matter what you did. My wires are like a bundled up mess in the <laughs> middle of a frame and it's like beautiful picture all the time rush is nice those. yeah rush, rush stuff there i love the little plastic boxes and like all the little details that they have on their actual vtx's they they look really like a cool. heat very much about the packaging VTX. aren't you i see you like it when it's all new and in the boxes <laughs> yeah I'm, to lay it out say, put it in I'm, rows i'm shallow that's all, that's all it is <laughs> no yeah. no one never hurt anyone yeah <laughs> I see a question from Richard Warwick. It says, any FPV events planned for 2022? Uh, yeah, I believe there is... I've got to get this right. I think it's called PropFest, right? Is a, an event that's happening in 2022. I believe it's 2022. It's going to be a freestyle thing. Yeah, I think so. There, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff on Facebook about it last year. about happening. Yeah, because I think they got a location, didn't they? Or they... they yeah. They secured a location and they were just doing the planning stuff. So yeah, look up Prop Fest and the Drone Fest uh, 2021 that was last year, the one that was at the big uh, coal mine uh, headstocks. That I don't know if you guys saw any videos that came out from that. There was a, it was a lovely event. It was put on by Magic FPV and uh, Just Movie It was the other guy. So two guys put on this FPV event. They had a little bit of racing. The focus was primarily freestyle. It was a great event. And I think they're going to, they should be doing another one this year as well. So we may have two freestyle events uh, for FPV in the UK, which would be awesome in one year. I mean, take that rampage with your silly one event a year. Uh, (laughs) That would be fantastic. Yeah, it would be sick. I would love it. You mentioned you had some projects ready or projects waiting to get on with. Is there anything you can talk about that you, you, you want to coming up? <laughs> Soon, uh, coming from Sync FPV. Yeah, okay, I'll let one out the, out the woodwork. Um, exclusive. Exclusive, yeah. So, um, actually, yeah, all right. Um, let me get it. Let me go get it. I'm just imagining, like, off, off screen here, there's just a huge pile of embargoed stuff just a mountain off to one side of the camera there's one mountain says nda and there's like (laughs) this other little box it's like we can talk about this one (laughs) yeah basically this is already out ish in a limited batch so i can show you this little guy uh this is a this is from a company called spider cinematics and it is Mm. a mojo uh, is the name of the frame and it is a it's, it's primarily a cinematic thing it's three and a half inch Although it looks a little bit bigger because the frame is big and chunky because it supports this uh, one-axis sort of gyro here for what? the for the GoPro, and the idea it's got is feet. that 
Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it's, this is because you, the idea is that you can go completely down and so you can see straight down. So you can get that sort of Mavic style uh, cinematic tripod in the sky kind of look uh, when you're just looking straight down. But this is and also the FPV the, camera's below the frame. It is, yeah. The FPV camera does not move. Uh, I'm going to be doing a whole video on this, so I'll just sort of like gloss over the bits here because there'll be much more detail. But yeah, the idea right. is it's kind of like it's kind of between the FPV style and the DJI style of filming. You can sort of switch the camera in flight to be down up or you can use a rotary it's basically this is on an aux channel depending on what you want Mm. the angle to be and it's also connected to the flight controller so it self-stabilizes this will will always stay no matter what the angle of the quad is oh so it locks right so you can point straight down and then you can dive down but the camera will stay like that as you're falling down how do you know what you're filming so you don't but you're on a wide angle lens so you're kind of like I know it's pointing down. You're going to have to I know reframe it's a bit in post straight. then. You also have a dual operator mode option. They have one that has ah. two vistas and there's one that sits on the top of the GoPro and there's ah. one that sits there. And then the that one that sits on the top cunning. of the GoPro, they can be controlling that aux channel on a dial or whatever they want. So they can be... So you have dual operator just like you would with like a professional cine uh, rig, like a Inspire or... Um, Matrice or something. I suppose like that. if you've got something like an Insta 360, one of those, you can do a bit of reframing in post, can't you? Like move it around a bit. So this is something that I was going to cover in the video. But yeah, the, the idea, the one of the questions that I asked the guy when he sent it me was like, why don't you just use a 360 camera? Like it seems like you're trying to use like a lot more uh, like engineering to get over a problem that maybe you wouldn't have because the 360 camera, you can do all well, the reframing. It doesn't afterwards. go all the way, does it? Like, unless you've got yeah, the two lens yeah. one and then you've got to have yeah, like exactly, a yeah. one inch thick quad. But the problem with that is that you, you have a 4K or 5K, if you're lucky, image over the entire mm-hmm. 360 degrees. So once you crop it, once you get, once you reframe, you have a really low quality image. And he said that there's no way a like any serious production company would accept that to, to put next to their sort of like professional grade. You can get away with like a Hero 10, Hero 9 in like a professional shoot if it's recut with like other cameras like DSLRs or like, I don't know, Cinecams. You can kind of, if you get really good quality GoPro Hero 10 stuff, yeah, you can get away with it, but you would never get away with it with, a, yeah. with an Insta360 when it's well, been the Insta360, you don't have to go the full 360. You can just have a wide angle. I was, it was more that their software lets you do that kind of floating oh, frame. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, you could do that with, uh, with GoPro as well. I don't think they're... They might be slightly wider on the 360 cam because I imagine it's, it's 180, right, if it's one lens. So, and the GoPro's like 150, something like that. But yeah, it's, it's really nice. And when you real steady it, it looks... Really nice, really, really nice. So I will, yeah, look out for that. That should be in a couple of weeks. Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's nice. I think he 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 contacted me. It was probably it was last year, so it was like it was a while ago. And uh, yeah, I've just he's been busy. I've been busy. I think he has actually released it. I think even yeah, Richard Warwick is on it with the links. Drone theory is where you can. I think nice. they might be pre-ordering for batch two now, or they may have some of batch one left. I think they all they're all gone, but yeah, he's. That's a unique concept. There. Nice to see new ideas. It's cool, right? And yeah, just like I say, it's like hitting that middle point. 
between the Mavic and the FPV style. So you can suddenly switch gears and go, I don't want to fly fast anymore. I just want to look down and hover. Or, you know, and one of the really cool things actually is when you are doing sort of like chase footage, because the gimbal is like locked at an angle, if you suddenly like decide you need to go faster, you can just ramp up the speed and it's still perfectly in shot. And that applies for backwards as well. So you can do these crazy sort of backwards moves away from the subject. Yeah, the backwards stuff. That's great. And the thing's just locked. Yeah, it's cool. So you you basically you get a lot more usable footage for like uh, for chasing or subject shots mm-hmm. than you would with an FPV thing. Even is, if is my memory failing pivot. me, or did I see you also experiment with the new DJI Action Two a while back? I did. Yeah, I, I I loaned it from a shop. I didn't I didn't actually buy one, so I don't have it anymore. But I did experiment, and man, like there's a few things to love, like. The, the weight, weight reduction, man. Mm. Holy cow. Like going back I to mean, session five. It's lighter than that, man. It's wow. like, it's even lighter than a session five. But if you've been flying Hero 7s and 8s, like when you put that on, you just feel like you've, yeah, you feel like you've got superpowers. Watch out for days. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's the opposite of when you put a GoPro on your drone thinking, oh, I'll just stick this on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like driving a bus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the image quality, was it? I mean, use, I'm getting usable, but maybe not stellar is the kind of vibe I've heard from people. We've got I mean, that. yeah, it's it's fine. That's that's basically it. You're not gonna you're not gonna be using it in like crazy cinematic productions or whatever. But you will for freestyle and stuff like that. I mean, it's totally totally adequate. I think the super wide angle lens as well. Like it's it's insane. I it, it's it kind of made me feel a bit weird, but. I, for some people, I think they'll they'll like that as well because that's the subjective more thing. Speed. Yeah, it looks faster and it looks kind of more crazy, but yeah, it's cool. I, I I like to see it. You know, we all like to see cameras that are suitable for our drones. You know, it's like because yeah, you feel like someone's actually us. listening for once, and yeah, DJI yeah. actually listening to what FPV consumers want is is a good thing to see. <laughs> I think it's weird that it's DJI, the company that we all hated, are sort of like yeah you stopped answering our calls dji what happened yeah. yeah but now they're like uh they made the digital fpv thing a reality and now they've made a tiny little action camera reality are they mocking us are they go it's a bit of a kind of google-like tendency to kind of make something and go oh well, that was an interesting experiment and then forget completely about it and a couple of years later be surprised they even made it at all when someone tells them you know <laughs> yeah oh i did i did hear a rumor though do you know what? There's a rumor that GoPro are going to be launching four different cameras this year. Because, you know, usually they do like one or two. Yeah. Like they might do the silver and black or whatever. But if they're doing four, there's like a... People think there's a good chance they might do a small Bring form factor one. Bring back the session. Bring yeah. back the session. Said everyone yeah, every year on every video <laughs> they post. <laughs> but, See, yeah, I, I only know. just got a, a 10, which I, I got for sort of going on holiday and diving with and it's like yeah what it's really nice but jesus i would can't couldn't put that on a quad it'd just be like yeah and you've got a screen on the front which is going to be great on a quad isn't it screen on yeah screen on the front's fantastic if you're out there vlogging (laughs) and you're like hello to myself but not so useful (laughs) what you want around bandos really is it you don't want something else to smash yeah exactly but i do I do use the screens on the sevens and eights to like just check the exposures all right and everything. But then once mm. it's in the quad, it's usually covered by a mount anyway, right? So yeah, they're effectively remote. 
Yeah, exactly. Just use something like that, then it's fine. But yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like the eight, the seven and eight, they're basically, I think they're equivalent weight. The eight is a tiny bit more, but you can take the feet off the bottom with just a couple of screws. And then it's like six grams less than a seven. So they're like, we can we can basically say they're the same. Uh, any heavier than that, I just think is not not good, not doable for freestyle. Mm-hmm. Although maybe we, we probably said that. Do you remember the days when 600 grams was like the limit? That was like, you, your freestyle quad is supposed to be 600 grams anymore. And you're like, you're stressing the flight controller too much. Or it's well, there's a lot of five and a half inch frames as well. I'm seeing that start to appear. You've got Chris Rosser, who's got an AOS 5.5 out there. Oh, and Gem fans, yeah. I love you props with those 5.226 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like the, I mean, the old um, Badger and what's the other one, Marmot, you know, the old Armatan. I say old. Yeah, they like, used to fly six inch, didn't they? They did, but their five inch one can support five and a half inch props as mm. well. Okay. I didn't realize, but then when I, when I used an actual five inch frame like I do now, I put them together and I was like, wow, this is like way smaller. And I never realized, but yeah, I kind of, I like the compactness of the five-inch one, though. It feels more nippy and more, I don't know. It's more scrappy. I mean, I I fly a bunch of four-inch and go into a five-inch. Right. Why doesn't this thing spin as fast, you know? Do you fly four-inch, like, long-range, those long-range cruisers, or do you have, like, just... No, something a bit more punchy. Nice. Where are you? So, with, like, you know those 2004 motors that were really popular? Yeah, yeah. A year or so back. So I've got something like that with a Vista in there. That's cool. And it's, yeah. it's sort of dead cat, so you can get good DVR. Yeah, exactly. So I just have the DVR from that and I express what RS setup. Using it. 5S 700 milliamp GMB. Sweet. That's got one some of those weird yellow ones. ones. Yeah, as sure. far as configure, he wanted to be as outlier as possible. So four inch on 5S. Yeah. No <laughs> one else does they- that. There's no props or Why batteries not? that you Why can not? find anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like I said, it's an experiment. I wanted to see how it would fly because the 2004 motors were everywhere and they were really cheap. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I, I knew they were going to be crap on a 5-inch because I built a 5-inch ultralight with 2204 and it was unimpressive. Oh, 2204. <laughs> so, I was just, yeah, I think I've got a 5-inch ultralight and I was just thinking, 2004 on those, I think it that's was what I was using, but that can't, can't be right. Let me just have a look. But on a 4-inch it it shifts no they are man these are 2004 and they're on a 5 inch but this is one of the ultralight things yeah I did that I only flew it a couple of times though the Catalyst Machine Works one do you know this this one the uh, Shocker Ultralight yeah 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 I, you, you go for blue I, I'm more of a yellow fan uh, yellow and blue yeah, is that's kind cool. of my colouring so I think the yeah, yellow probably helps you like right that. if you uh, oh, yeah. if you put it in until it's some, autumn some dark area, like you can find it. That sounded uh, I thought I found it. No, it's a daisy. I found it. No, it's another daisy. When you get to autumn and all the leaves fall and they're all yellow for a couple of weeks, mm. you're completely screwed when you crash because it just looks like every leaf in the field. Um, but otherwise it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was the subject of a recent video I did, which was colour matching yeah. props and quads and stuff like that. And like, why'd you do it? And... Because you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really explain it. Just It's the same reason people like... Um, or is it? I was going to say it's the same reason people like to have a nice-looking car or a nice colour on the car, because when you're inside, you can't tell. And that's kind of the argument against colour-matching quads and stuff, isn't it? It's like, we're flying it from the inside, you can never see it. But it's like, 
Yeah, but other people can. But other people can't see a quad, can they? It's like other people can see your car when you're flying down the street, but they can't really see your quad when it's flying through the air. You, so you, I, your I hand is kind of forced, it. unless you're like super boring. When it comes to like buying some 3D printer filament, you're probably yeah. going to buy something other than black eventually. I mean, everyone buys black to start <laughs> with, and they print a couple of their little boats or whatever, and and then you're like, <laughs> well, what shall I buy next? And you just buy a weird color, don't you? So. It's go. true, man. And there are some weird colors out there in TPU, TPU land. Some great stuff. But yeah, I use the Sane Smart Neon range. They've got like a cyan and a magenta yeah. that is just... That's oh. what i got. <laughs> Sane Smart. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? Real good yeah. stuff. They're really reliable. I've got to have a filament dryer, though. The quality of prints is, has been massively improved since I got a TPU dryer box and just crank it for a couple of hours before doing the print. It gets all the little Is that like out. specific... For 3D printing, or is it just a food dehydrator, or is it something else? Uh, no, it's it's got like rollers in the bottom, so you can just put the whole spool in there and a, a, a hole in the lid, and you can set the temperature, and it goes for three or six hours, and it just dries the filament out. Nice. So it's, um, it is designed for 3D printing. Yeah, filament. I, I would okay, push cool. it out, but it's kind of wired in behind the 3D printer behind there, and I'd just be making a racket and banging no things around. Man. Just send me a link, yeah, because yeah, some of my prints are going a bit funny. Uh, yeah, you get these the little surface yeah. bubbles and bubbles. And, yeah, yeah, it gets rid of those. Cool, cool. That's good to know. Oh, are you uh, going to change your colours, or are these Sync FPVs colours forevermore? Have you ever attempted to redefine your branding? Uh, well, this is like brand two, I think. Um, but yeah, because when I started out, I, I only did like single colour quads. It was like everything had to be the same colour on the quads. Like these two here on the back they're like a white one and a red one so those are the first two quads i ever built i basically rebuilt them from the same parts and you know what? it's kind of hard to get like the old motors that you used to use like trying to find them again i think i spent like i think i found like three of the t-motor f40 oh. pro twos and I, I i couldn't find another one for ages till it sort of popped up on a second hand thing kind of a i don't know why i bothered but like it was just a nice thing to have but yeah, it was always like had to be red or white or green or and you couldn't have any deviation. And then I was just like, well, I like those kind of cyberpunky color combinations, you know, a little bit 80s, pink and blue. Let's try that on a quad. And then I was like, that's it. They're all just going to be this now. I love it. There's never, never going to be anything else. So no, I'm never going to bother rebranding again. I've done, I've done all of the colors. Color combo. Yeah, I've yeah. done them all already. This is the one I sailed on. I did. It's not like I just went in on this one first had a bunch of different colors and stuff and different logos. You've committed anyway. You've got like 300 pairs of props downstairs so you've got to get through before you can change. <laughs> You're right. You're actually right. And this, this is like a, this, this is like a print, you know, like I can't, I'd have to change that. I can't do that. Like, <laughs> that's not a great, that's not so a blue stay. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your FPV name, Stephen? I don't actually know. Uh, I'm like SEO unoptimized um i this is steven fpv <laughs> uh, shiny video stuff it's my youtube video account from like okay, 10 years cool. ago which i never bothered, nice. re bothered to rename so uh yeah i don't really have many followers don't worry about me i only fly don't when i i only me. only film stuff when i crash and it goes wrong and i'm like what happened here when it goes right i don't publish the videos because i'm having fun flying and i don't really like editing videos so when well, I'm having issue, a great right? time yeah. and I pull off tricks, yeah. I don't like review them afterwards. I'm just like, oh yeah, I had a nice day flying, right? I put my feet up. 
Do you put a camera on the quad, like an action camera, to film it, or do you not bother? Uh, usually, no, no. No, because so I was going to yeah, all right, I see, yeah, yeah, just chuck some DVR. But I fly yeah. DJI, so I get okay DVR, but it's, it's not amazing. I built a 7-inch purely so I could carry the action cam without mm. feeling it. Snap the arm, unfortunately. I think I actually went through and, and got a big twig, but that's my, my Hero 8 build. So it's currently looking a little bit worse for wear back there. I'm going to double <laughs> up the rear arms. But yeah, that, it flies quite frame? nice. Uh, that is the Banggood clone of the Catalyst yeah. machine work, Banggood 7. Yeah. Um, and they just made it the same as the 5-inch, so there's supposed to be a rear brace out here, and this bit's a bit longer on the original. I see. But I even see. so, it only had 5 inch, uh, five mil arms, so I'm going to just double up the arms and make them 10 mil. <laughs> Does it work like that? You just get a longer screw and... Yeah, just get longer screws and, and shorter standoffs and just put two arms on top of each other. Clamp it in there, bit of that uh, dampening okay. greaser between the two arms members, and off you go. Oh, is that the is that the Chris Russell approved uh, dampening grease that he told everyone we have to go and grease up our arms? Yeah, yeah, is you that, don't want those members flapping around. Is that grease. something you guys have tried? Um, I did build one of my frames with that. It was all right. I can't say I'm. I don't build enough frames to notice, but I figured it can't okay. hurt. Like if something's a little loose, instead of rattling, it's just going to squidge, isn't it? <laughs> is it messy? Like, oh yeah, stupid. Dealing messy. with that shit. It's, like, it's, it's not greasy. It's like it's so thick. It's <laughs> sticky. Like, yeah, well, obviously that's the idea, right? It's meant to be meant so to make thick. things it's, not it's move. Like, almost like glue. It's like a hair away from being as sticky as like proper epoxy or. Ar- <laughs> it's almost. It feels like unset araldite when you apply it. And Jesus, it's, it's quite I know revolting. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Wow. I mean, if it actually had a massive benefit, like we'd all be doing it, right? Surely by now, the word yeah. will, word will have spread that we have to do this uh, arm grease. It, it, this it sounds like a, a bit like you definitely want to be careful applying it because it just gets everywhere. Right. It's like when people used to soft mount motors because exactly, that was a thing. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I remember that. I soft mounted motors when I started. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, you have to do it. That's what everyone does. But I think I think I actually noticed an improvement when I stopped doing it. It wasn't like it didn't make any difference. It was making it worse, I'm sure. Because when you put that sort of TPU under the motor and then you screw down, if you screw you too never much, get a good it, like, fit, do you? it squishes and then the motor yeah. doesn't spin properly and stuff. It was like, it was stupid. That's yeah. the thing. It was very oh, yeah. subjective about how much you should tighten exactly, to have the correct yeah. amount of give. Yeah. Especially if you've got like C-clips because it's when you get some frames and they've got you've got c-clip motors on micros if mm. they haven't cut the hole wide enough the c-clip grabs on the hole and you have to yeah. like dremel out the hole or the motor just kind of grinds and makes horrible noises jeez yeah yeah i mean that was the problem basically you had this tpu that was touching the bearing and then it would just slow it, it down it's interesting yeah. when you punch out yeah yeah man Doesn't sound good I mean, we did some stupid stuff, but yeah, it's fun. Tilted motors, like the arms that weren't flat, tilting mm. the entire arm forward Is that instead good? of the camera. I think instead of tilting the camera, someone was like, wait, there's a problem here. We want to be going forwards instead of up. So they're like, tilt the motors forwards. And you see right. some one okay. or two frames. I think it was a phase that from the number of frames must have lasted less than six months. And then everyone's like, no, stop, 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 stop. We'll just move the camera. We'll just move the camera. And then, you know yeah it's like, normally after that <laughs> that's that's funny that that approach of just like 
well, th- this is how we'll do this thing. And then nobody, nobody sort of questioned it. Everyone's just doing tilted motors. And then, yeah, I, I understand. That's an engineering thing. Curry Kitten, I, I remember you made a sim, right? Yes. So did That's, you. Yeah, but like, I'm, my, my day job is a game developer. So this was kind of like a hobby. But like you, you just come off that from no game dev experience straight into a sim. Yeah. Did you just? I just thought that's cool, man. Well, I tell you what, it was. It's like I was a programmer for quite a long time, and then mm. driven mental by working to, at IBM for twenty three years, and and then I didn't do anything for a couple of years, and then it's like, oh, programming is actually quite good fun when you're not doing it properly. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. When you're it was only around. at that time I discovered how far sort of game engines has come for doing things really easily so if you look right. at things like unity and unreal engine it's like yeah. wow they're giving these things away and you can do loads of stuff with them and you know you don't have to allocate your own memory nice. it's got well, its own collection yeah. it's yeah. crazy it's so easy <laughs> so fun so yeah did you get do you still dabble with it or if you just sort of like left yeah it no i'm st- i'm still trying to do a, an update on my um my last one um, I was finding a problem because I I bought in an asset mm-hmm. that does the, the weather for me, and it okay. turns out this thing breaks uh, at certain versions using certain color space, using right. certain, certain graphical times APIs of day when it rains, and I'm yeah, having yeah. to wait for somebody to fix it, which has has sort of put me down. Oh, okay, but, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I was I was just trying to get out another couple of levels and do some extra features, and then I wanted to try and move over to Unreal Engine just to try out some stuff on there, really, because that looks nice, interesting. I thought that was Unreal Engine seems interesting how it's very much built around uh, bigger, better graphics, but it all seems a lot more tightly integrated together than some of the bits from Unity. It's like, oh, well, yeah. we're running. Uh, whatever the render path is right now, high definition render path or universal render path or normal, and none of the modes can work together. It's and very this much this asset here yeah. won't work, and this shader won't work here. That's that's what I don't like about Unity. That's a bit of a pain. It looks it beautiful. Has, uh, I've got lens flare and dynamic lighting until it rains, and then I have to turn off this and turn <laughs> off that. No, you are you're colors. right. You're right about the Unity thing. They have kind of. They've diverged a little bit too much and they'll bring it back eventually. But yeah, this isn't a game development podcast. This is a, yeah, a life you were doing your skater, skater mod, weren't you, for, for yes. flying and that? Have you that been tempted was... to break out and do your own proper sim? Sort fully of. featured? Uh, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said yes. It was always like something that I was thinking about doing. But to be honest, like work is, when when you do the same thing in work and your hobby time, you kind of like go a bit mental. Yeah. So trying to make my it own game being at the same time as making a game in the day is kind of hard. So I did sort of like toy with the idea and then just like making those mods and stuff was just sort of easing in just like, just I was curious about quad physics really rather than trying to make a fun game for everyone to enjoy. It was more just like, oh, I want a thing for me to mess around with. The skater thing was built around the idea of uh, practicing chase subjects, you know, like, because you could do the skating and then you switch to the quad and then you, because it had a great replay mode in the game. I was so surprised then you, could... you managed to do as much as you did do. I was like, oh, okay, it's going to just feel like 
it's still going to be a skate game, but it was really flying. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, watched a bunch the, of videos. The beauty I would have of it bought is it, that the, but uh, it was quite no, an expensive no, no, skate it's, game. It's, it's, it's a very expensive skate game. The beauty is that was it's a Unity game and they had mod support, so I'd built a quad sim, uh, physics simulation in Unity already, so I just literally just copy-pasted the code and then as long as you just take control of the camera from the game, you can do what you want with it, right? So I was just like, well, let's just pretend this is a... Let's just literally move the camera that's supposed to be following the uh, the skater onto this drone. And uh, yeah, and there you go. And then the game, you are flying. So yeah, it was nice that the game had a decent replay mode that you could intercept the camera on. And so while the skater was moving around, that you 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 do the line, you then switch to the quad, and then you can just keep restarting it, keep going over again and practicing. It was real nice. Uh, yeah, and you do... I mean, I did learn a lot, you know, like because... Chasing stuff is weird. Like when you're chasing targets like um, motocross bikes or or mountain bikes or things like that, there's such, there's like, you have to have this sixth sense of when they're going to sort of slow down or turn or go over a jump. You have to sort of like visualize their sort of velocity vector and how that's going to change. Because if they suddenly hit a jump, they're now going up instead of forwards. So if you just keep going at the same speed, you're going to go straight past them because they're now going up. So you kind of have to sort of like, slow down a bit like just before they get to the jump and all this stuff and when you start visualizing the ve- the vectors it's kind of like it's it becomes quite quite cool but yeah it's it's weird and yeah i've crashed into a, a mountain biker before because i just didn't think about that stuff at all and so he went off a ramp and i just went straight into the back of him because i was just like well we're going the same speed this is gonna be fine <laughs> uh, it was a cine whip though so it's fine it was nice foam ducts no damage <laughs> Do you think you'd take that further and make make it make a challenge mode and make the skater go random paths instead of uh, instead That's of the power really cool fantasy idea, of being yeah. able to tell skaters where to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? They added a multiplayer mode. I thought it would be it would be really sick if I could make it work with that, so that like you could just hop in a lobby and just start chasing around people that were doing whatever they want. That would be cool, but. Mm. Yeah, it's another one of those things, right? It's like when you when you kind of put it out and you're like, right, that's done. You kind of you don't really want to touch it again. You're like, all right, yeah, just don't worry. Next, next, next fun project, please. Um, so the chance of me going back to it is, yeah, it's getting it's getting smaller and smaller. But ne- never say never, right? You know, never say never. Well, we have hit our hour and gone somewhat past, so we should oh, really yeah, wrap time. it up. You have been watching Let's Drone Out, episode number whatever. We don't know because uh, Andrew slash Frank isn't here. And if he's not here, we don't know the number. <laughs> you have been joined by our special guest down below, Sync FPV. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really nice to talk to you guys. Thanks. And you. Great to talk to you too. We've got the wonderful Stephen slash Belric slash Shiny Video stuff. You're going to have to settle on one of these names. Oh, maybe there'll it. come a day when I actually get my branding together, but not anytime soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I've been Curry Kitten. You've been watching us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. And you can find, hopefully, Sync's YouTube channel in our description down below. See you all next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Telemetry lost. And we're clear.